in my songs, they divide into like maybe two categories. And one's, one category is social consciousness or social justice. And the other area is songs which express the spiritual things which I am I'm doing as a teacher of yoga, meditation, and the philosophy which I found and, and try to express those things also in songs. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today I have Dada Veda and we're going to be listening to his song We Don't Need No Corporations, do we? So Dada, thank you for being on the show. Well, you're very welcome. It's really a pleasure to be here. As I mentioned before, we are going to be listening to your song We Don't Need No Corporations, do we? And it was released as a single. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. We don't need no corporations, do we? We don't need no exploitation, do we? We want our right to live and thrive Just as long as we're alive We don't need no corporations, do we? I can vote for the president But not the boss That's not democracy, that's my loss Here's something better, you'll one day agree Let's run everything cooperatively Let the workers in a place guide their fate Give them a voice Give them a stake They'll become the owners and managers too Prosperity will flow to me and you That's why we don't need no corporations, do we? We don't need no exploitation, do we? We want our right to live and thrive Just as long as we're alive We don't need no corporations, do we? Traders from the temple, let's do it. Let's bid farewell to the wheeler dealers, let's do it. 
Let's watch the tide of cooperation Open the door to our liberation We don't need no corporations, do we? We don't need no speculation, do we? We don't need no exploitation, do we? We don't need no corporations, do we? Welcome back. So, Dada, my first and favorite question that I love to ask is, what came first? Was it the music or was it the lyrics? Okay, with me, whenever you get asked this question, it's always going to be the lyrics. Because I guess I, I have more verbal ability than musical ability, so I, I concentrate on the words. And I don't write a song unless I really have something that I want to say. First, I had some rough ideas, and then I did some work on it to get it to rhyme, put it in meter... And then after I have everything ready, I try to figure out how I'm going to do it. You know, I look for, usually with the guitar, certain progressions and different styles, I'm going to do it, and, and then I do it. Since the lyrics were what spurned this song along, was there something in particular that happened or something that inspired you to write this song? Oh, actually, this is building up for years. For the last 50 years, I've been a student of kind of alternative economic philosophy or theory, and we're trying to find an alternative to, to capitalism. So one of the biggest problems, you know, from my point of view, is that in the present organization of, of economic enterprise, the biggest, the most important entity is the corporation. Hmm. You know, that's really it. And now the problem with the corporation is not a democratic entity. So that's why I talk about that in the song. You can vote for the president, but not the boss. So people in their workaday arrangements are they're not so much distant from when people were slaves or serfs. Or, I mean, if the boss doesn't like you, you're out. And so you don't have any say about it. So the problem is that it's better if there would be a, a different kind of arrangement. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. So it's not, you know, just spur of the moment. As you put pen to paper and we're putting this together, like, when did the music kind of okay. come together, get pulled? Yeah, now the music is how I got it. This is kind of interesting. So generally, I get the lyrics, and then I I say, how am I going to do this musically? And sometimes I can go for a few months. You know, like I have my one song I'm working on now, I went for a few months. I wasn't sure what I'm going to do. But this one came really quickly because in the last eight months, I've been doing live streams over a place on Twitch and also sessionslive.com. And in the, those streams, I have to do a lot of renditions of old material, so-called cover songs. I don't like to use that word. So I've been doing traditional songs and folk classics. And one song I was doing was This Train is Bound for Glory by Woody Guthrie. It's based on an old gospel song, This Train and there's been many good versions of it. And so I found the melody of that song perfect for this. And then I also, I looked it up, I see it's in the public domain kind of tune, so I, I felt happy to use it. So it just fit perfectly, you know, the lyrics with this train is bound for glory, and even some of the lyrics that I'm using are quite reminiscent, especially in the third verse, the Wheeler Dealers, you know, it's quite similar to Woody Guthrie's lyrics. So I got those lyrics and the music, I just ran with it like from there. I figured it's very similar to folk melodies and other chord progressions related to folk oh, music. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's actually, it's a, I'm using E shape. It's not an E, but an E shape. Um, 
A and, and B seventh, you know, so it's, it's very simple. Like it's a one, four, five progression. But that song is, is really a gospel song, so that's what I'm doing. I think that it's interesting that it pays an homage to this song, This Train is Bound for Glory. Right. Well, the, one of the, the central premise, really, of this song is that we should replace corporations with cooperatives. That's what this song is really about. The corporation is run by absentee landlords. The shareholders mm. live somewhere else. They can live in another country, and you're toiling. The cooperative is run and owned by the people who work there. That's democracy, and that, that gives um, freedom. In the last verse, I talk about watch the tide of cooperation open the door to liberation. So that's a very important concept, because in today's world, people think that economic progress is created by doggy dog competition. Mm. But the force of cooperation is also something that's a very great force and something really which helped humanity right from the very beginning. And so when we unleash cooperation in this world, we'll get more prosperity. That's my opinion, anyway. I feel like when we review and think about the behaviors and societal things that we do on a day-to-day basis, the more that we can return to something that would have been, I want to say, a more natural thing. So cooperating you know, how animals will create herds and function together in order to achieve a goal. In fact, even um, early humans, that's, that's how we did it, because otherwise those giant mammals that the humans hunted, they couldn't have been hunted alone. They had to be done in a group. Cooperation has been there from the very beginning of human civilization. But now in the present days, you know, it's based on competition rather than cooperation, and, and that runs into some deep problems. I like to stick with the song, but I also feel like this is a very valid thing to reflect upon is that one of the things that seems to be missing in the way that we look at, how do I want to say this, the reasons that corporations exist is so that no one person can be particularly responsible. The blame can be dispersed. And so that if if a corporation behaves in a manner that is not good for the environment, is not good for (laughs) anyone, they can disperse the blame so that no one necessarily... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, you're absolutely correct. And, And see, one of the biggest problems that we have today, I think the biggest problem is that we have many serious challenges facing humanity today. But the problem is the people who make the decisions are not making those decisions based on the common interest of humanity, but in their particular personal or class interest of you know, economic well-being. So the corporations act for the shareholders, not for the society. They have to make maximum profits for the shareholders. And if the shareholders say, we want to pollute, then they will pollute because that's the shareholders are the king of, of the system. Mm. And who are the shareholders? Actually, it's not like a whole bunch of people, your friend out, um, your neighbor, he has some stock in that. It's really few people who have really big weight in this kind of thing. So the big decisions are made by corporations. There's even a book that was written some years back. It's called When Corporations Rule the World. David Corton wrote that book. The problem is that we have to take that power back into some kind of public interest so that the big decisions will be made on the basis of really what's best for humanity and not what's best for a particular corporation. What drew you into looking at economic theory and okay. well, The thing is, very early on, starting around 1968, you can say I was radicalized and I saw that, that this society is a mess. We have to find something different. So 
I went to graduate school in economics in the School of International Affairs, Columbia University. I dropped out after one week because I knew that this is a dead end. Since then, I've been trying to find the solution. And, and then early on, at the same time, I was looking for spiritual solutions. I had a spiritual quest. And then I found the answer to both in one place. Because I have a teacher from India, and he taught the meditation and all that. So I learned, that's why I'm, I'm an orange-robed yogi. I followed in that tradition. But he was also teaching a new socioeconomic philosophy, which is an alternative to capitalism and also an alternative to communism. And it's called Prout, Progressive Utilization Theory. And in a large part, you know, it's based on, on cooperatives. Cooperatives should be the biggest or the most prevalent form of economic organization in a fair society. I got into that pretty quickly, but for two years, though, from 68 to 70, I was looking, but I knew that capitalism can't work, but I didn't know the answer. And then when I found this, then I found something which I, is really the solution. Do you have a particular favorite part of this song, favorite particular line? I think my fa- one of my favorite lines is, I can vote for the president, but not the boss. That's not democracy, and that's my loss. People don't realize that every four years you vote for somebody, but every day you're working in some place, and you have no vote there unless mm-hmm. you, you own the place or something, you're a co-partner, but, but most people don't have any say. We have political democracy, but we need economic democracy. That's what the, the premise of this song is all about. There was one thing that I noticed in the lyrics that you sent me. There's one word I noticed that it was capitalized both times, and it's the word thrive. I was curious if you, because that's not necessarily in, in you can't hear that in the music. However, I just find that very interesting that you had capitalized that. And I was curious if there was... No, the basis behind I don't. That. I don't rem- I didn't even realize that it, that happened. Oh. No, it's not. It doesn't. Have, oh, it's in all capitals. <laughs> no, it's not. It's oh, not like all oh, caps. No, but no, it's, it's just, just some typo. But anyway, that's, a, that's an important line in the song too. We want our right to to live and thrive just as long as we're alive. People want that. Everyone wants that, but we don't deliver that. It's been brought to my attention several times over and over, and as a person in. A lot of privilege. It, it seems like I always have to be reminded, but there was a line that I heard from someone, I must have been on NPR, you know, the idea, it's like, it's not enough to just survive, it's it's also you have to be able to have that ability to thrive and, and grow and, sure. and be something more than just existing exactly. for the point to exist. Yes, that's, um, that's true. So it, it just, I guess when I saw the word thrive, capitalized both times i thought well that there, there must be something really and really important about that and i i would say yes there is something very important about more than just surviving but also thriving definitely um so i want to say what my favorite um uh, part of this song is is like let the workers in a place guide their fate let's give them a voice give them a stake they'll become the owners and managers too prosperity will flow to me and you that would be a great thing if the people who work in some place, they're also the, they're the owners and they can become managers. Then the prosperity will come to everybody, not just one person. So we have, in our society, there are um, worker-owned cooperatives. The King Arthur Flower Company, that's worker-owned. And then this, this Bob's Red Mill has recently became worker-owned. 
And so there are examples of that where, where the company is owned by the people who work there. It does bring into focus the idea that when those that own also work at the cooperative, the decisions that they make, it benefits the, the workers. The decisions are made in a way that are helpful, not harmful. Yeah, definitely. And it's also not only helpful for the people who work there, generally it'll be helpful for the community. People who work there are part of the community. So it's a a very localized system. I can have two favorites, I guess, but I'm going to jump into a line that I I think also encapsulates the the theme. It's time to sweep the traders from the temple. Let's do it. (laughs) I mean, there's. It's kind of a lo- that's a loaded sentence. Let's just say because it is. you know you've got it is. It's it like is. so. Is this this is a place of worship? In it's a sense, it's a bi- actually it's a biblical reference because in the Bible, according to the Bible, they said that that Jesus came to the temple and he had to throw out. I don't know if they were money traders, or money, money changers, money changers, believe, yeah. whatever they were. So he had to throw them out. This is the last part of this song is is based on that imagery to kick them out of the temple. And the last part of the song is about the the speculative part of the corporation that it's owned by outsiders and they're strictly interested in money, wielding and dealing, buying and selling. Those people have to be taken out of the picture that decisions are not made based on speculation or narrow interests of a few but on the basis of what's good for the community. My last question is, why did you pick this song as your favorite song to talk uh, about? Oh, because it's my latest song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that's, um, it's my, my current song. And even I did a, it was not a success, but I did a, there was a campaign. I had some, someone helping with publicity, went out to many, you know, folk radio stations. So I thought that when you have a current song, that that's what you should talk about. Uh, well, and and you you probably have the freshest story as well. So it, it it's fresh in your mind how you created it. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I first started this, I I figured that people would pull up some old and dusty, moldy song that they had from way back when that nobody's ever heard, and yet and. That has happened to some extent, just not as often as I thought it would be. It's just amusing to me that it, it does end up that the song that you've done most recently is the song that you're most excited about, means yeah. the most to you. It's fresh. Of course, that seems like a very reasonable thing for people to reflect upon and want to talk about that song. But it's, but it's also in their interest that if they have a new song, they want to get it out there. So now the, the podcast is a way to get it out there. So you want to get get that new song out there for people to hear. So that's that's I think that's why um, people choose the new ones. At least that's what I did. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> others. Um, like I said, I'm more into the words, so I consciously choose what I'm going to say. So I say some things which are socioeconomic. So that's I have like in my songs they divide into like maybe two categories, and one one category is social consciousness or social justice and the other area is songs which express the spiritual things which i am i'm doing as a teacher of yoga meditation and the philosophy which i found and i'm trying to express those things also in songs even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic the jubilee cafe is continuing to serve packaged home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. 
Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. Dada, I am curious, do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana? I think the one where I, I spent the most time in the last few years have been at the Rose Bowl because they have the Hootenanny, and I've met a lot of very good artists there, so that, that was pretty good. I have to give a, a shout-out. I enjoyed sometimes at the Canopy Club when it was run by Mike Ingram and, and Jake. They had a tremendous sound system. So mm. we, when you're on that, on that, it's at the little stage in the, when you enter there. When you go there and you, you plug in your guitar and you sing, you know, the monitors are so great and you feel so inspired. When you have a good sound system, mm. that's one thing. I spent most of my time though in the, um, the Rose Bowl. And then another place I did um, in the Iron Post, I was going to the Soul on Sunday. It's kind of like a once a month thing. It more caters to and it's more part of the African-American community. But uh, I, I met the, um, the guy, Aaron Wilson, or A-plus, he mm. called himself, and he invited me to come. So I got a good reception there, and I, I've been there several times. Yeah. So that's also one of my, although he's moved it now, it's not in the, the Iron Post, but, but it's in, I think it's in Boomerangs right now. You know, I, I actually think the Iron Post ended up being undervalued in terms of the, the diversity of the music that they would have. They had the U of I jazz, they had the U of I, like, band they had noise they had folk they had like any any variety of tunes could be found at the iron post just depending on which day it is so that's um, true i really hope that the legacy of the iron post can continue you know for many years to come we had kind of talked earlier off air so to speak um about that you picked up the guitar in 1966 but you really didn't start writing and recording until 2000. So yeah, um, let's let's okay. If you so, don't mind me diving into that. Okay, that so what, so basically, in 1966, I was in college. I'm showing my age here, but in any case, I had a roommate who he was really virtuoso on on the guitar and all the pop and folk tunes of the day. You know, and the Bob Dylan and Joan Baez and all the. So I said, you have to teach me some of these songs. So I picked up the guitar, and I, that's how I learned my first chords, you know, from him. And then I, I took it on. And then a few years later, I got into this Ananda Marga yoga spiritual movement. And a part of that was to, to sing what's called kirtan, which is chanting. And so I was singing those chanting. And also, there were some other spiritual songs also which precede meditation. And I learned how to do that. And so for many years, I went all around the world, in fact, doing that teaching and in France and different parts of Europe and the Far East, all over the place I've been. Once counted, it was more than 50 countries, the Middle East too. 
And wherever I went, I always had a guitar and I'm playing this chanting music. I did that for many years. But then what happened in 2002, I was in Albania. I was running a kindergarten there. And it was kind of a, a charitable enterprise. It, we didn't, we, the parents couldn't pay enough to cover the costs. So I was there and I had to figure out some way to raise some money. So then I got this crazy idea that maybe if I record something, you know, I was thinking to do other people's songs and, you know, put it out on a cassette or something, then, you know, maybe I could raise some money. So then what happened was in 2002 in Albania, there was a lot of power shortages in the winter because they didn't have a very good power system. It was based on hydroelectric. And then when climate change comes, there's not much water in the dams and the sort of big power shortages. And I was stuck there, so I didn't know what to do. So then I just got out of a pen and paper. I started composing some lyrics so that's, that's how I started. And then I put some folk tunes to it. I made a cassette, you know, one of these boom boxes with one cassette here, one cassette here. You, you know, you can copy it. I made a, a demo. I sent it to my friend in Malta. And then he organized a concert for me there. And I had my first concert in 2003, I think it was. After I did my concert, my friend came up to me. He says, go for it. So I went for it. I started writing more. And then in 2003, I recorded um, my first album there. But the thing was... I never thought that I could write a song until I tried. <laughs> and that was in 2002. So I was already, you know, 50 years or whatever. I don't count. I think 52 or something like that. So you never know what you can do. So I started writing uh -huh. songs. Yeah. Is there something particular about folk music or that style that, that appealed to you? Or that was that just always your style of, um, of writing? It's the simplest kind. I don't really have musical chops, so to speak, you know. And I did listen, of course, everyone listened to Bob Dylan and Joan Baez or Judy Collins. So, so we, we grew up with that, you know, or James Taylor. Or, but I liked rock and roll too, especially um, the doo-wop stuff of the 50s. And so I even have a spiritual doo-wop song on one of my CDs. It's on an album called Love is the Best, and it's a song, Open My Heart. It's a spiritual doo-wop song. So that was part of my legacy, too. I, I grew up... In fact, I went to the first Alan Freed rock and roll shows in New York City in, in, in the late 50s. And I saw Fats Domino, Jackie Wilson, and Larry Williams, all the, the, the great artists you know, that, that gave birth to rock and roll there. So, yeah. so that's part of my legacy, too. I can't duplicate some of that stuff, but the folk was easier. Where do you see yourself going on in the future in terms of your music? Or Well, I have a follow-up song to this one. You know, this, so does the corporations. The corporations have a follow-up. I did a song a year ago called We Don't Need No Billionaires. Now we had We Don't Need No Corporations. My next song, <laughs> it'll blow the people out of the water. Oh, you, oh, you're not going to say. I, I can say, I can say, <laughs> I, I, there's a story behind it. What happened was, as I mentioned to you earlier, it's off the air probably, I do podcasts. So one of my podcasts is called The Proud Rev, but the subtitle of it is Moving Beyond Capitalism. Recently, I had a young friend, he's 20 years old, but he's very savvy in social media, TikTok and Instagram and all this. He's reviewing all my, my media. I'm showing him the stuff I do. So I showed him the the logo for this podcast, and it said, Moving Beyond Capitalism. He looked at it, and he said, Yeah, everybody hates capitalism. That's the title of my new song. Yeah, everybody. Ah, love it. Yeah. What makes a good music scene? And even, even on a broader sense, like, what makes a good community? 
Oh. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Uh. I, I, I guess I've heard you say that before, but I, I didn't prepare an answer for that. Well, a good music scene is where there's um, ease of entry for people. That's why, like, uh, with their... There are open mics. There are places which are welcoming and give newcomers a chance. That that certainly makes for a, a good music scene. And a good music scene too. Is, I'm still looking for it. Is where where people come and they're really interested in the music. And the music is not you know on the side. You know that's the whole thing of the problem of bars and stuff. You know that's hundreds mm-hmm. of people talking and and then you're there and it's almost like you're kind of background sound. So the best venues are venues where people really came to listen to the music and they, they respect it and they, they don't talk too much during the performance. And right. That would be the best. Yeah. So I guess, I, I mean, in some ways that, that almost encompasses the idea of what makes a good community is where there's ease of entry, where people can feel welcome to come into the community. And then also a spot where people can come in to specifically be focused on the community which is is kind of the the venue that is a venue for coming to listen to music is is very analogous to the idea of people are there specifically to enjoy to be a part of the community in the future it'd be better if we can um music is kind of decoupled from the whole bar alcohol scene but i know that it's it's a question of economics it's not it's economical for somebody to, to also sell, you know, alcohol and this kind of stuff there. So in the future, if there could be more musical venues, it would be ideal. But I don't, I don't see this happening so, so soon. Yeah, well, and, and that, that also goes back into your first point of, you know, it should be ease of entry and not just being able to perform, but also be able to attend. And when you bring in alcohol, that means that, yeah, it's, it's not age ages. restrictive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, even I had hesitation in two thousand and eight after I was in Europe. Then I came to New York and I went, I went on the open mic scene there, and I had a hesitation to go to the bars. In fact, at first I tried a coffee house in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and that was good. But then I looked up where the where the other open mic places. Well, they're all all bars. So I just held my nose in a sense, and and I, and I went there. But that's not the ideal venue for me. The ideal venue is, is a place which is not non-alcoholic, all age, and the artists are really respected. And yeah, you mentioned before that you have some podcasts, and there are two. It's the um, I, I wrote it down, and I'm yeah. sure I messed it up. Ananda Marga Dharma Cast. Cast. Yeah, that's a spiritual podcast, and that podcast I talk about different kind of um, subjects related to meditation and yoga, but they're really related to life, you know, how to, how to attain happiness and things like this. And I read a little bit from books, which are kind of inspiring books, and then I talk about that, and I try to give some kind of a, you know, there's, there's a teaching or a lesson. You know, it's, it's didactic, and, uh, no doubt. And then your other is, is Prout it, Rev. Yeah, yeah, that's based on the, all of the socioeconomic ideas that I talked about in the song, it's in... A book I wrote, Proud Explained, and so I do that. But I haven't been so active on, on both fronts recently. But I have more podcasts in the Dharma Cast, the spiritual ones. There, you'll find more podcasts there. And I, I've met people around the world. And they said that they they like it. And you know, one person that just recently I was in conversation with, he says, yeah, he, he listens to it every night before he goes to sleep. So 
Beautiful. I'm assuming those can be found on yeah, those the are on, usual those can be found on okay. Spotify and iTunes and different Great. places. Yeah, but the mm. best place for my work is my website dataveda.com okay. because that has links to all of my material or most of it anyway. <laughs> Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Dada, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? When he's talking about music, of course I could say meditation, but that's actually my work, so I won't choose that. So one thing which I do a lot, um, and I enjoy it very much, is um, organic gardening. So I, I, I grow vegetables and flowers too, and I, I enjoy that, especially in the summertime. The first thing I do in the morning is I go out and I look at the plants, water, mm. and I, I pick vegetables and things like that. So... So I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I don't say that I'm the greatest farmer. The world would starve if it depended on me, but I get some pleasure out of it, and I, I get some vegetables, so I enjoy it. So do you have a particular favorite vegetable that you make, or, well, or, or not make, grow? grow? <laughs> well, I grow, I, I've been growing, uh, especially for the last few years, climbing beans, pole beans, you know, they climb all over the fence, and I found that they're more resistant to the insects around here than some of the other kind of beans, which I tried to grow. I got that, and I'm, I'm doing that, so I grow that, and a kale is, grows like a weed, so and I like yeah. to eat it, so I grow that, and I grow tomatoes there. I had cucumbers, but I, my cucumbers always get attacked by some, somebody. For a while, you get cucumbers so, before they get attacked. Yeah, I'm trying different things. I have okra growing also. Yeah, there's there's something about gardening that I don't know how to like quantify it other than if you do a good job, you, you have to wait a long time for it to grow. But once it's ready, you better be the first one to get to it or else something, so something, will, yeah, something definitely. will eat it. Definitely, um, definitely. It happened to my beans last year too, finally. Uh, Finally, usually they were really resistant until the end, these, these pole beans. But, but last year, some kind of... I don't know if it was a grasshopper or something. He came through all the farms, you know, because I had a friend who worked in Sola Gratia. He said, yeah, it came through there and came through there. And then it finally came to mine too and just, you know, got my beans. Gardening is, yeah, you can't guarantee your results. <laughs> but but we, it's just some of the pleasure is just to do it, you know. That's also part of it. Um, do, do you have any other, like, favorite things that you'd like to talk about or? No, I well, like, I mean, my, my work is a, the meditation and, and that's yeah, that's a very favorite thing, of course. But, yeah. but I didn't mention it because it's it's my job, you know, to do that for the teacher. But that's what I've been. Mm. I I dedicate my life to that. But I also do that, and I get great pleasure from that to do to do that to do it by myself and to share it with others. So, yeah, it's a it's a great thing that happened to me. 
1970, I first began, you know, really in earnest. And so that's been a great part of my life's journey is to, to practice meditation and to, mm. and to pursue spiritual um, bliss, you can say, or perfection. Yeah, so that's, I'm on that path for that. It's interesting to me that you may refer to it as job, but it's like the way that I, what I hear from you is, is it's like your, it's your passion. It's yeah, it is a passion. That, it's a passion. Know? It's a passion. It's, but it just happens to be what I do. So it's like, you know, my yeah. occupation, but it's, it's a passion. Sure. Definitely. So you've been doing that easily, you know, for 50 years. And, and as someone who has been practicing that for a very long time, do you ever feel like you... This is maybe more for for me in terms of my own thought of to to pursue something for that long. Do you ever feel like you really have it, or do you do you continue? Does it <laughs> no? Is you it like even the most basic things are difficult still in some ways. Does that make sense? Like, well, it's not the thing where you finally say, "Ah, I have it. I can rest on my laurels." No, it's it's not like that. It's, it's a, a never-ending quest, you know, for for something. And it's, yeah, it doesn't end. You know, it doesn't end today. Ah, I, I can sit back and you know, I still have to practice and do it and do my best with it. I I feel like some people would say after fifty years might might look up to you and say like you have it. You have it all figured out. You have and and might be disappointed in themselves but also it's 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 a progressive journey it's some it's a thing to yeah, get we're all, to yeah every one of us is is um still imperfect and we're all we're walking towards a goal so no one should feel discouraged whatever stage you're in you shouldn't feel discouraged by that Dada Veda thank you for being on the show and making the trip all the way out to grand old Sidoris telling me about your song we don't need no corporations do we Telling me a little bit about what Prout is and your early experiences with, with playing the guitar, what makes a good music scene. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Dada Veda reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. a wrap. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside. <laughs>